0: All right, today we're talking about packaging and podcasts and design and unboxing. I actually get interviewed by Colleen Ragut, who is part of Look for Loops. She has a packaging podcast called Unboxing Your Packaging. Now in this, it's a short, abbreviated version of the full interview. I'll have links in the show notes, to the complete interview on Colleen's podcast. Now, what we talk about is why I started this podcast in the first place. What have I learned from having started this podcast and why I think you should start a podcast. Um, The other thing we get into is just from a design standpoint, like what types of products deserve an unboxing and what types of products don't deserve an unboxing. A lot of times as designers, we try to put maybe a little bit more uh, than we should in some products, right? You don't necessarily need a full unboxing with every type of product. We're not looking for an experience every time. We're going to go through like what we learned during the pandemic and how people viewed packaging at that point and how maybe it's changed the way that consumers view packaging all together now. So I'm super excited to share this with you because I think it's time that you maybe start a packaging podcast. And if you've got any questions on how to start one, reach out to me because I'm happy to share all of this equipment, what I've bought, what... Uh, I'm using how I do this stuff and I'm happy to help you get your podcast started. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, Do me a favor. You can subscribe to this channel. I point down here because I don't know where the little thing is, but subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. And like I said, if you're interested in starting something for yourself or for your company, reach out to me. I'm happy to help you. And if I can't do it, I'm sure I know somebody that can. All right, guys, let's get to the show.
1: So obviously, it makes sense uh, that we start with the why you launched your podcast. What is the short version of the history behind it? So I'm curious about that.
0: So why I started a, a packaging podcast? It was the beginning of the pandemic and it was lockdown. Don't get to see anybody. Don't get to work with anybody. Everybody was freaking out. And I had, I said, you know what, I'm, I had been on, a, on another podcast with Adam Peak, and I said, you know, I kind of like this idea. It's like, I got to see you on screen. We had a co- great conversation. Like, how do you do it? And he explained how he did it. And um, I started doing it. And the reason was it gave me the opportunity to connect with people that I hadn't worked with in the past, but people that I looked up to. So I got to, to talk to um, the team at Pearl Fisher. Um, I got to get like the exclusive scoop on when they redesigned, uh, rebranded McDonald's. Um, you know, I, I, was able to speak to, uh, Vincent Villager, uh, former creative director of, of Burberry, and I got to have these great conversations with these people. And over the time I've built wonderful relationships with, with some of them. Um, I mean, this morning, somebody sent me some goofy meme, you know, and this mm-hmm. is like, <laughs> this is like a designer that I, I really look up to and I've looked up to for a long time. And I'm like, they're sending, you know, they're sending me silly memes. I think that was like the big reason. The big reason why was to connect with people. Like that was my personal reason. And then they've got so many great stories. And when you're talking to, you know, another packaging person, you're going to ask better questions, and you're going to be able to pull out like why they do the things that they do, and then you can share it with everybody. Um, and for me, I, I love education. Like you said, I I, I teach it. I was teaching at ASU. Um, I have a packaging class that I give for free on LinkedIn every Friday. And I learn more than I think I teach in every single one of those classes. So it's a big part of you know, teaching and connecting were, were the big, big points.
1: So to get straight to the heart of the matter, I still remember one of the first episodes I listened to your podcast. You were explaining that sometimes... You just go in a store, explore the shelves and try to understand how the designer has built some packaging and and because we are on a podcast that is yes. more um, focused on sustainability and circularity, I if you are in front of the shelf, well, what will tackle to your attention.
0: <laughs> yeah so there's there's two different hats right There's the designer hat and then there's the consumer hat. Yeah, And when I go down the aisles and I, I still do this, it, it's funny. Cause I, I'm looking for color. i um, like, that's really important. I'm looking for, uh, and now that I'm doing, I'm making TikToks on packaging. As I'm in the shop shop, I'm like, Oh, this would be, this would make like a good TikTok. So that I'm also looking for what I can, I can share. And like the things that stand out that make me ask questions are, you know, for example, I was at the pharmacy and they had a, a huge display. It was three different products of vitamins, I think. And the, one of them was like a rounded square shape. The others were just regular round shapes. And then one of them was round tubes inside of boxes. The way that they displayed made a lot of sense and the packaging, the materials the shapes made a huge difference in how many actual bottles they could fit on a shelf. Um, which translates to how many bottles they can fit in a carton, how many bottles they can fit in a, on a ship in warehousing, and it makes a huge difference in sustainability. Um, And then one of the displays had square boxes with tubes inside of them, but they had a display that could only fit four boxes because they wanted to have a lot of space around each box. Mm. Well, that's great, but you have a shelf where the competitors have like 20 bottles side by side and this one only has four and it doesn't, it it didn't make sense. And it's like, well, it doesn't work for these reasons. Um, So like, those are the things that, that, attract me or grab my attention is why are they making these decisions um, from a design standpoint? How does this affect everything else behind it? You know, the shipping, the transport, the warehousing, um, because that's a really makes a huge impact in sustainability. Then on the flip side, uh, when I am, you know, I'm seeing more and more reusable packaging that has, um, you know, you're able to, to purchase it. You're able to return it. They can refill it um, here in Arizona. We have, um, it's called Denizen or Dazen, uh, dairy, it's mm-hmm. a dairy company. And, you know, they have big glass bottles. It's like the old school bottles. It's a glass bottle of milk. I think it's like $6 for a gallon of milk. But then when you bring the bottles back to the grocery store, they'll give you two fifty or $3 per bottle. Right. So it's like this deposit, um, scheme. They take the bottles, they wash it, they refill it. And it's, it's beautiful. And the bottles are, are actually beautiful. Like they, they're really well-designed. Um, and that's a better experience from a consumer standpoint versus a plastic one. Um, and yes, you're paying a little bit more after you get your money back. It's still a little bit more, but it's such a better experience. And the shape isn't like the big square shape. It's like a rectangle. So it actually fits in your refrigerator better. It's like, there's been more thought into Mm -hmm. the design and how that impacts your life. So those are the things that really stand out to me is color functionality, display, and the story behind it and the materials I've chosen.
1: Mm, interesting. Uh, when you mentioned reuse, it's like also um, the, as a designer, do you think about how to push the people to come back with the item you design?
0: That's the hard part because I, I am terrible at returning those bottles. Right? <laughs> it's like, Oh, I, I got to go to the grocery store. I got to go pick up something and I'll go pick it up. Uh, and I left my bottle at home or I'll put the bottles in my car. I'll drive there. I'll go shopping and then I'll get back in my car and I'll look down and my bottles. are still there. I'm like, oh, next time. And it never happens. So I'm terrible at that, but the idea is there and it should work properly. So I don't know how, I don't know how to get people to get that last little step in, in fulfilling their responsibility.
1: Oh yeah, that's a big, <laughs> big challenge for your reuse, and, and the more that you reuse, the more uh, it's sustainable as well. So I, I also have heard that sometimes it's funny to be a designer behind the t- the shelves and observe the interaction of the consumer or potential consumer uh, with the packaging. What, what will be a win for you? I will.
0: Say. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's funny, right? Because I can give you the designer, um, creative, this is my art, my passion answer, or I can give you the real answer. Right. And the real answer is yes, I'm a designer. I'm, I'm looking at this as a piece of art that I'm creating something that's Somebody's going to experience. Um, I've sat in a meeting with clients and I've said, look, somebody's going to grab this box. They're going to tear into it this way. They're going to open it like this. This is, you know, what, what we've observed. Um, this is the experience they're going to have, right? Separate from sustainability, just the experience that they're going to have. And then COVID comes um, and people are receiving boxes from, you know, (laughs) from Amazon. They're like wiping them down, tearing into it. Don't even look, don't have any experience. And they just throw it outside because they don't even want the box inside their house. Uh, You know, and you're like, oh my God, I just, I I thought it was going to be like this beautiful thing. And now it's just garbage. And I think for a lot of designers, like that was a, a real We've all known that we design packaging that becomes garbage, mm-hmm. um, and we have to be really efficient about that to make it sustainable. But even sustainable packaging at that point, um, I think, was was hard hitting for designers, where they're like, "Wow," because they realize it themselves. You know, I, you know, you're wiping down your groceries, you're you're wiping down the Amazon boxes, and then you just tear it out and you just throw the box outside. Don't even put it in your trash can in your house, um, and then you, you leave it for a day or two, and then you go pick it up and put it in your recycling bin or whatever it was people were doing. You're like, wow, okay, this is, maybe this isn't as important as I thought it was beforehand, right? Like we really need to focus on the consumer, make it Mm -hmm. easy to access because they're not buying this for the packaging. They're buying it because of the packaging, but not for the packaging. They're buying it for the product. So let's use the right materials. Let's try to make sure that the packaging is as small as is required to protect the product. Um, So we're not using extra material, not taking up extra space. You know, let's make sure that the materials that we do use are recyclable and globally recyclable. You know, a lot of times brands are looking at it like, uh, well, in my city we recycle glass and we recycle this and this and this. So these materials make sense. Um, but in reality, if you're a brand, of, you know, any size at this point, you're shipping your products around the world, and if your product can't be recycled easily in Italy or France and you know New York, Turkey, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't recycle there, then it's not recyclable. Then it's not truly sustainable. And, um, one example that I give is I, I bought this, this coffee, this brand had amazing packaging. It was beautiful, had a beautiful embossing. It was a box. I didn't buy it for the coffee. I just bought it for the packaging. (laughs) (laughs) As a designer, you do buy for packaging, but, um, you know, it arrived and it was like, this is all uh, recyclable, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at the materials and I'm like, this is not recyclable. Um, And I reached out to the brand and they said, well, this is the research that we have from the manufacturer of this lamination. This is recyclable. Here's the data. It was like a 16-page document. (laughs) I went through all pages. And then at the very end, it explained the research was done in Turkey. uh, Within, I can't remember what the city was, but um, uh, in Turkey, and then I looked up the city and I looked up the recycling center, the recycling system. Well, they incinerate um papers and plastics there so it is recyclable where they did the research but it doesn't mean that it's recyclable anywhere else because mm-hmm. that material was not recyclable at least not here in the u.s um in the way that they made it same
1: it's really really interesting what is uh, um happening during the whole process of uh, the life of uh, life cycle of uh, packaging yeah. and and definitely i hear you the Having the real and life uh, yeah. of packaging uh, before even designing it's, it's like paramount. So would you say that good design is making packaging simple and easy or is it like too <laughs> it's a shortcut to easy <laughs> when
0: no, well um, yeah good design good design um, is simple. And good design is not just simple to use, but simple to recycle. But good design is also like intricate and complicated design as well. It just depends on the brand and who you are. For me, I can see the simple answers and that it works for the product, but as a designer, I'm looking for that complexity. I'm looking for that art. So something that's a little bit more complicated is more intriguing to me. Um, for that initial experience and as a designer, the curiosity to to go through it. But as a consumer, I don't need to go through that experience. You know, when I unpack my groceries, I don't need to have like this wonderful experience with my milk I don't have to have the same beautiful experience with my yogurt. If I do that, my food would go bad before I get it in the fridge, right? Easy. easy, It needs to fit. And and that's all I need.
1: Okay. That's interesting. Um, so if, If I put uh, myself in the shoes of a designer, it's really kind of make the thing, make the experience easy, but sometimes with complicated process. uh, (laughs) uh, uh, Yeah, upstream, (laughs) kind of. Yes. Yeah. You can make it.
0: You can make it fun, and complicated can just be fun. You know, Mm -hmm. something that is um, either eye-catching or unexpected. That, you know, we just need like one moment of like, oh, this is really fun. But not every product deserves that. If I buy a pack of gum, you know, the gum itself, I don't need it to be like, wow, every time. I just need to shove it in my mouth and move on. If I'm buying a, you know, $800 purse or $1,000 purse, maybe I want when the box opens, I want to hear a certain sound or I want it to be thick enough that it feels like, wow, I bought a quality product, right? Because if I put a beautiful uh, Gucci bag in a brown paper bag the gucci bag doesn't feel like it's that important but if i put it inside of a nice rigid box that has a beautiful tissue on it and it opens and it's designed with intent it makes me feel like this product is more valuable right like it's a little bit more prestigious Mm. and you need that i think in luxury uh, where you don't necessarily need it in every product
1: and it's uh i like the fact that you mentioned luxury because i i want to (laughs) to ask some question about this subject as well and um and it make me think about uh in a few days i've seen a lot of amazing packaging for shoes thanks to your linkedin (laughs) post but it it seems that you have uh, a kind of attraction for the shoes these days. I don't know, (laughs) but not all kind of shoes, the luxury shoes. And and I thought it will be a perfect start to tackle some topics I wanted to have um, your point of view on uh, about uh, luxury. So let's start with a luxury wooden box that was actually a drawer and kind of a piece of art at the same time. And this shoe box actually has a whole story story behind because it's a gift for for Marcus Mariota, if I remember well, to thank him for signing, to be a big brand-sponsored athlete. And for real, the symbolism, the, the collaboration around it, the work together, and it's the finished product, Everything was so beautiful, and <laughs> and and people commented on that image, uh, saying, "Oh, actually, I would buy the shoes just because of the box." <laughs> <laughs> just for the box. Yeah, and and I remember yeah. telling myself, "It's like, that's true. The, the box is really beautiful. It's a beautiful storage, and that won't be thrown away. It's like, um, for sure." Yeah, but but if I read if I generalized would people actually need the shoes and this box and, or is it something that's only creates a desire with more resources used. And so in terms of sustainability, I had like (laughs) back and forth (laughs) totes, you know, it's like, okay, it's reusable and so on. But what if you scale up this kind of stuff? And um, so how to find the right balance between utility amazing user experience and sustainability so so yeah and and what about the tendency of overdoing packaging so what what is your thought about this and, and <laughs> this beautiful box and uh, I, I can maybe share the link um, in the show notes to 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 show
0: that what post
1: is, what what <clears throat> the, what is the box i am talking about um
0: yeah absolutely it's funny i shared i shared those photos um, the box was designed by Jason Murphy, who's amazing designer. Um, and yeah, I think it's gotten like, it's gotten six, like almost 16,000 views at this point. Um, but this is the, this is the struggle of every day, which is I work with, you know, I work with luxury brands. I help make them sustainable, but because I focus so much on sustainability, people assume that I can't appreciate other design that's not sustainable right and and it's hard because sometimes i had this conversation probably last week with with a designer and it was um sometimes i want to share like really cool things that are you know just packaging that's really cool but i don't share it online because it's made out of plastic it's combined materials it has all these issues that make it not sustainable but i love the design and how it functions and all these other aspects of it but I know if I post it, I'm going to get a million people going. It's not sustainable. Why are you? You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I deciding what what I do based on what other people think? But um, with these shoes, yeah, they come in a they come in a wooden box. It's a drawer. It's beautiful, like laser engraved. It has a huge story behind it. Um, nobody would throw this thing away. But does it does it need to scale? No, you know. And I think um, a lot of brands today are starting to learn that and the power of social media and the power of marketing. Right. So I know, um, there was a, a Nike, uh, Louis Vuitton, uh, collaboration they did. It was like in, in celebration of uh, Virgil Abloh. Um, and they released this photos of the shoes with this packaging. That was amazing. It was like over the top. It was like a suitcase. It was like a rimo, like a remote, uh, suitcase. But if you buy those shoes, it doesn't necessarily have to come in that. You know, Mm -hmm. I think maybe the first few can come in that the rest of them can come in a regular rigid box, a regular corrugated box, something, um, different, but it's all about getting people to want the product. And that's the other thing too, is on sustainability. And I have a hard time with this is, um, I broke my, I broke my iPad. Um, I I dropped a bottle on top of my iPad and I'm like, Oh man, my glass. I use this every day. Um, I went to the Apple store. They said, well, you can, you know, you can trade it in. We'll give you the exact same one, um, but it's going to cost you $800 for the, for the trade-in. I'm like, well, why don't you buy a new one? I'm like, well, you know, what's the difference? Like, oh, if I, if you buy a new one, it's like $1,400. Like, okay, well, that's a little bit more money than I wanted to spend. I'm really happy with the one that I had, It did everything that I needed. The new one doesn't offer me much more. It's not going to change my life. Um, and if I trade it in, they're taking my old one, they are going to give me a new one with like a whole new box, a whole new, you know, the whole thing, or I can take it down the street to a company that replaces the glass. And I think that that's $200. And I said, it wasn't even because of the price, but I'm like, well, I love this iPad. It does everything I need. Let me just go replace the glass. Let me, you know, reuse, you know, refurbish, replace it versus try to get a new one or use this as an excuse. I get to get the brand new Mm so-and-so iPad version, which, you know, five, 10 years ago, I'd have been like, oh yeah, this is my, I, I have to get a new one. I broke my old one. Right. But, but that's not the case anymore. And I think, you know, when we see some of this marketing around like the shoes, um, luxury, you know, luxury products, you get excited to purchase. I think it's really important for people to think, do I really need that product? you know, am I buying it for X? Like what's that reason? And is that a reason that I want to make decisions in my life based around? All right. Thanks for listening. That was a show. Like I asked, do me a favor, subscribe, review. I'll see you soon.